We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one, in. Welcome to this episode of Waffle Arm Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm Mario Frostrup. How are you? Very nice. <laughs> I've got that voice to that. You do. Have, you? It's not that classic. I know I'm going off it straight away. Remember that yeah. Dennis Penis with uh, oh, yeah. What's Your Thing? Uh, was it? Uh, Embassy Number no. 9. <laughs> Dennis Penis. Think about it now. He's horrible, wasn't he? It was horrible, really, weren't yeah. it? Anyway. Anyway, that's hello. straight off that is for a waffle, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yes, welcome to our Ghostbusters episode. Uh, we are a little bit late, over the week late, um, due to us being... Because we're failing bodies. It's failing bodies. Uh, and it's only going to get... And this, dear listeners, it's only going to get worse. Yes, as soon as we went past 40, <laughs> we have bad. constantly been... Now, I noticed that the other day. I got off the bus and had to run and catch my wife up. <laughs> and my back started to seize up, thinking, <laughs> What? <laughs> It's like, a, it's like that thing, isn't it, where you always know when you're slightly getting old now, every time you sit down, you go, oh. Yeah, you know, yeah, or that, even when you're standing up, you go, Yeah, but your oh. knees have been like that for many a year. Yeah. yeah, many a year my knees have been. So we do apologise for being late, but uh, we, we this subject, uh, Ghostbusters, does appear to be a rather popular... Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a flippant thing. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm so, I'm so, so we do apologise for the start for uh, really crushing your hopes uh, yeah. because we're going to yeah do not get it too <laughs> yeah don't get too excited we'll, we'll, we'll do our best well hey Kel would you like to have some feedback first of all about what about well, Ghostbusters or General no, no, Waffle no, no. Well, a little bit of mix actually but first, on, then. first on, of all man. we have a, an iTunes review from Steve Powell 68 uh, a great product of TV memories these discussions will be jumping off point for many a beer-fueled pub de- debate, the Dark Place episode is especially fine. I can't remember. I can't even remember. Can you? Well, I can't remember what we did last week. <laughs> yeah, uh, now, of course, a, a, a podcast wouldn't be the same without oh, no. our, without our oh, friend. Oh no! The you, man, didn't, you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, Rob K, who seems to be um, uh, so, so, sort of like kind of calming down a little bit of late. Uh, slightly disappointed in that, Rob, but uh, thank you again for getting in touch. Again, I have taken out my replies to him. I think it's more fun that way. So here we have oh. Rob K. Hello, Waffles. How are you in the mad dog face, Kelly? <laughs> I have a girlfriend, Waffles. I asked her out for grill and beans, and she said that she loves grill and beans. I bought a new F-U-C-K shirt, Waffles, and some Jenners, presumably jeans, and she came to my house and my mum helped to make the grill and beans. It was nice. I have watched a lot of TV this month, Waffles. I have drawn a picture for you of, of the brilliant programme I'm watching on Challenge TV right now. Can you guess what it is? I liked it when I was little before the bath. 
If Kelly was in Harry Potter, who would he be? If I was in Harry Potter? Yeah. What is it with me? Leave me be. <laughs> Why is China? Right. What? Soon, one star waggle. I like your show and your people. She loves beans. Lol. I think I might be taking her to the Spring Fair, Waffles. Yo, what? Waffles. Why no show about Ready Steady Cook? I told him we had done one. Do you like to do the cookie, lols? I've just been walking my dog. <laughs> what the? I've just been walking my dog. And the, st- <laughs> and the stranger called me piss teeth. <laughs> Nop. He pointed at me and said, hey you. I looks around and he said, yeah you, you, piss teeth. Then runs away. Lols. That was Rob K. What the hell is going on there? Uh, I'll show you. He did drew us a picture. I didn't notice it until I saw it the other day. So I'll show you that tomorrow. What the? Uh, I know. Now then. What? <laughs> I can't get me. Some very strange things going on in there. I don't know. Hey, we, we do have another email though. We've got a couple of emails. Uh, an email from uh, Talia Fernandez. Mm. Hey guys. Another American writing in. Good. I, yep. I, lo- I lived in England from the ages of 5 to 10. Mm. My dad was assigned to the RAF Lakenheath for a while when he was in the Air Force. I love living overseas, but it's taken me a while to get used to the accent again. Smiley face. I just started listening to your podcast when my dad found you guys. Fair play, Dad. That's what I say. Yeah, good idea. And I have enjoyed the Little Shop of Horrors Star Trek episodes, and I am listening to the Brett Years episode while I'm writing to you. And when you mentioned that Brett wanted to act in all the home stories, I got an idea for another episode. I don't know if you would enjoy it, but I would love to hear a podcast on Poirot, particularly with David Suchet as Hercule Poirot. I love Holmes, but have always been much more of a Poirot fan. Heresy, I know. Heresy, I know. Anyway, thanks for podcasting and keep waffling on from Talia. Like I said, it's not heresy. You can never, obviously, you can never heresy what you like, but. Yeah. Well, I've been in England, it's homes all the way, isn't it? It is homes all the way. You can have got your power out when you close your homes. Yeah. <laughs> Although, Paul, and then the fact that but the twist of it was his moustache was false. And he killed someone at the end. I didn't know that. I, that's, that's the only bit I watched it was in. That was the only one. That's surprising. Right, it's in the book as well. I don't know. Oh, is it about his moustache? I don't know about the moustache. <laughs> don't, don't stop. <laughs> don't go on the lab Rob talking about a moustache. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. Anyway, we've got some Ghostbusters feedback. So I thought I'd read this out now mm. because you know what we like once we get going on, I end up forgetting. And of course, we have regular correspondent and a good friend, Tina, who quite clearly is very excited about this Ghostbusters uh, yes. girl because she's bombarded about our Facebook page. With basically the film. With the film. There's <laughs> so many clips. You can put them all together. And have a flip book. We should have just had it on the show. Think about yeah, it. yeah. Uh, Tina, we're still. Uh, hi, Meds and Cal. Hope you're both doing well. Love listening to you both waffle on about movies and shows. When I saw that you would be covering Ghostbusters on your show, I was very excited. Can't wait to hear about all the dirt you uncover about those movies and the cartoon if you go there. I know that there was an older cartoon of Ghostbusters, but it wasn't quite the same as the movie or what they did. The real Ghostbusters love both movies and the real Ghostbusters. Egon, of course, was my favourite character in both the movie and the cartoon. They did more with the whole Janine having a crush on Egon in the cartoons than in the movie. I definitely liked her with Egon more than with Tully. I was very saddened to hear the passing of Harold Ramis. I did not know of all the other work he had done. I did know, of course, Stripes and his work with Groundhog Day, along with Stuart Smiley, uh, Smiley Saves the Word on Multiplicity. Underrated film. Yeah, it's uh, But I will always remember him as Egon. Egon was very much like Spock, which was probably why I enjoyed the character so much. The things I liked from the first movie. Egon in the library and Peter Vapling on the table. 
The fight to catch Slimer, Egon and Janine meeting for the first time, Tully getting locked out of his apartment, and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. So many other great moments, but those stand out for me. Your music was great too, and I know you'll probably cover the whole Ray Parker Jr. if you were this issue about the song. Yes, we will do. Ghostbusters 2, Egon and the story of the Slinky, the Titanic returning, the Statue of Liberty and Peter's Joke. That's the one thing I don't like about uh, that film. Uh, You're Not Sleeping With It, Moody Slime. Uh, the Painting of the Men and the Baby at the End. I didn't realise that Max von Sydow was the voice of Vigo until I heard his voice again later on. Amazing. Well, I know this email is quite long enough. I look forward to hearing what you have to say. All the best from Antrim uh, and H, New Hampshire. Tina Maria. Always a pleasure to hear of her. Lovely, That's lovely a lovely email. email. Thank you, Diane. Uh, Gareth Edwards. Good friend Gareth Edwards has this to say. Okay, so Ghostbusters, I'm trying to remember how I felt seeing it for the first time. I can't. <laughs> Ghostbusters is one of those movies that you love as a kid. Played in the playground, had the Commodore 64 game off, had on video till you wore the tape out, got on DVD, both with and without two, and also on Blu-ray. Oh, that's just me. I love the movie. It's perfectly told as an as an going into business movie. The effects still hold up. The characters are memorable, the music instantly catchy, and just the right side is scary for kids. The movie has just a hold that my family don't even try to quote anything remotely close to who you're going to call on, as they know my response. Later, Ghostbusters was great too. Um, so there's a hell of a lot of love for this film, so let's... Oh, sorry, that was me. That was my vibe in the script. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, thank you, Gareth. So, uh, <coughs> so not, uh, as we said earlier on, some great feedback, really. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I said... I think people, we, what we were saying earlier, you don't want to build people up because I think it's so such personal, an important film and personal to things. You know, people are going to go, oh, I hope they got built up thinking we're going to talk about everything that they want because this is just what we think about it. This is what we're doing. We'll have some facts and all that. Kind yeah, of we'll have some facts. But like I said, you, you look at yourself, you don't need us to say how great no. it is. It's, you know, very much... I don't know why we picked doing this. It was a strange old thing. Yeah, because um, uh, Hal Vader... That was right, yeah, no, that's right. That's the reason why. Now, um, before we, we crack on, should we talk a little bit about Walking Dead? Right Now, I should say, this will be... I'm looking at your clock. We, we'll give this four minutes, Cal. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about the finale. So if you haven't seen The Walking Dead, spin on for four minutes, give or take. So we've yeah. we got four... Or less. If we're talking about Ghostbusters, then you'll have to rewind a little bit, but we'll give it four minutes. So... Finale happened uh, last night. Uh, now, we did have uh, the penultimate <laughs> one. Now, this is a clip that me and Cal recorded last week when we were both pretty ill. But, uh, but it had a guest cameo in the penultimate episode. Now, if you're into zombie films, Cal, it was Day of the Dead, was it? Day, Day, Day of the Dead. This is a zombie called Bub, uh, who was a zombie who, who kind of started to It was regain. the first zombie that ever had an emotional response. This is yeah. what they talk about. It's where the zombie genre... He wanted, it's where he was going to go with it, that the idea that we'd live with zombies, mm. because they're not a threat really, as long as you feed them, they're not a threat, no. and they've still got the essence of what they were in them. So this is a little clip of, because uh, I wanted to get Cal's reaction when I showed him Bub, so this is that reaction, <laughs> I don't even know what it sounds like, so I might be tell, but anyway, here it is. Hello, uh, this is Meds. This is Kelly. <laughs> oh, speak up a bit. Uh, and this is a segment that's going to be edited into our Ghostbusters podcast, which we're going to have to do over Skype because uh, I'm really not feeling well. And uh, Mr. Kelly here, as you can see, has lost his voice. Now, uh, the reason why we're recording this bit at work is because uh, I wanted to do reaction off him, which we won't be able to do at Skype. Cal, um, you're obviously you're a massive fan of, yeah. uh, and we both are, of Walking Dead, aren't we? Oh, yes. Now, I've got to watch last night's episode tomorrow. Yes, uh, did you notice anything in last night's episode? There was a cameo in it last night. 
It was a pause, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, there, there. Was it? Are you sure? You didn't see him? <coughs> no. Who's your favourite zombie director? It's Bob. There you go. Yeah. There he is. Do you know? I didn't know. I thought it was me hallucinating. No, there he is, look. I said to my wife, I said, that's Bob. And she went, that ain't Bob. I said, it is, it's Bob. Yeah. Brilliant, that is brilliant. There you go. Because it's the bloke who just did zombie effects for George. Yeah, yeah, he was tweeting. I know it's because uh, Simon oh, Pegg. Oh. Simon Pegg tweeted it. Brilliant. Uh, so I wasn't yes. making it up there. No, no, no. There you go. And that I wanted to record that because I wanted to see your reaction. That, that wouldn't have worked very well in Sky. No, no. Anyway, uh, back to the podcast. Okay, so that was uh, that was that. I don't know what it's like because I'm slipping it in in the editing, yeah. but you probably can hear that it was pretty old. So the uh, final episode of Walking Dead of season four or series four happened last night. Um, I, I loved it. I thought it was a great end. Now, we, a few people have turned around and said they was expecting the a bit more for the, the ending, it's, wouldn't you? It's like when you think about it, man, because it's, think about it as the mid-season break, right? The mid-season break, the bit with the tank mm. was so amazing. Mm. That whole scene, that. The, you see, you're not going to be what you're going to do with that you, you, you get into the thing of weapons you know trying to get into the arms race yeah, yeah, yeah. oh it has to be bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger it's a very personal story mm. it's about Rick and his son this is what this whole thing is about Rick and his son so that's what I like about it it, it set it up so well and they've got a whole new story now yeah. a lot of people are moaning with this they haven't got anywhere they haven't gone anywhere well, they I have now. I think it, they really have. They have. I think it has yeah. because of all the characters are changing now. They're all changing again. Yeah. I mean, Rick was pretty violent in, in his life. Oh, yeah. Well, I, but I, as I said, you know, he was attacking his kid, man. You're going to get mad. But it's he the went, level of was violence, is where he was. Where he was where well, I said even Daryl was shocked. Yeah, which says something. Which says something. So they're at Terminus. Now, me and you have got a bit of an idea. And we're saying this now mm-hmm. um, because we watched it last night. We think now eating the people. Cannibals. Is it cannibals? Cannibals because all the guts on the floor. Uh, Tasha Yar on the barbecue, giving it a bit of the old barbecue going on there. Yeah. I, and, I think they yeah, are. Yeah, as well. And there's that, there's that big pot, wasn't it? Yeah, the big, big pot. pot. And it just makes you think, they've not done cannibals. No. And in the free, and in that world, cannibalism would happen because there's not food for everyone. There's rabbits. There's, well, they said there's enough food. Cause you, like I said, you still don't know in the scale of it. Can you get cows on cows? <laughs> zombie animals, right? It's not been touched in that world. There's only one film where there's a zombie animal. If anyone check it out, it's basically... It's a film called Quarantine 2. And in Quarantine 2, which is a remake of Red. the uh, Wreck, you've got in the, it touch, there's a dog in it that gets, took out by, that gets took out by a zombie and becomes a zombie dog. Oh, right, okay. It's not been touched. I think mainly it's to do with budget. It's not to do with that, because must, it must do... If it's a living thing... It's got to turn into a zombie, isn't it? It's got to turn into a thing. It's, about, it's a brain disease, isn't it? That's where it comes from. So that brain. Looking forward to Series 5? Yeah, I am. It's, just, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a long time. It's, it's a long time. Like. It's not even I don't no. think, alone. So, anyway, that was the end of that. Hello, welcome back to Ghostbusters. Mm. So, anyway, a lot of love for this film. So, Cal, what do we do before we start? You play the theme tree. Strange in your neighborhood. 
ain't afraid of no ghosts. Tune done by Ray Parker Jr. and as Tina rightly said, mm. there was a bit of a hullabaloo. Cal, I love the word hullabaloo. I thought like that. So here we go, reading from the script, monotone voice. Yeah. <laughs> According to Parker, he was a Peugeot. A Peugeot that was a good start. Approached by the film's producers to create a theme song for the film, though he only had a few days to do so. The film's title seemed impossible to include in the lyrics. However, when watching television late at night. Parker saw a cheap commercial for a local you love it, for a local service that reminded him that the film had a similar commercial featured for the fictional business. This inspired him to write the song as a pseudo advertising jingle that the business could have commissioned as a promotion. Lindsay Buckingham yeah. claims to have been approached to write the Ghostbusters yeah. theme based on his successful contribution to Harold Ramsey's National Lampoon's Vacation, a song called Holiday Road. Is that Lindsay Buckingham? Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> 
he turned down it. We'll play that song when we do European Day shows. Uh, he turned down the opportunity that did not want to be known as a soundtrack artist, was it? Uh, he mentioned this on the Words and Music interview disc. Now, Columbia Pictures was later the defendant in a copyright infringement lawsuit, also naming Parker, which claimed Ghostbusters was too similar in a musical structure to I Want a New Drug, written and performed by Huey Lewis and the News. More specifically, the bass guitar riff, which runs through the song. I Want a New Drug was a US top 10 hit mm. earlier the same year and extremely similar to Pop Music by M, oh, project yeah. by Robin yeah, Scott. Yeah. Now, the two parties settled out of court. Details of settlement were on a, a programme that was done. But uh, there was a confidentiality agreement. Now, unfortunately, because Lewis talked about this in the episode of VH1's Behind the Music, Parker mm. subsequently sued Lewis for breaching <laughs> confidentiality. What? So, just for a little bit of fun, Cal, here's the song, I Want a New Drug, by Huey Lewis, not all the songs, <laughs> by Huey Lewis and the News. Hugh Lewis and the news when you were younger, didn't Man, you? Man, everyone liked it to be square. And I don't want to, all the while it's a couple of days off. Is that what I, mean? <laughs> I don't know that one. Yeah. Obviously, clearly you know more about yeah. it than me. That was the B side of the. Ah, oh, the B side! <laughs> right. Shut up, you check one, two. Uh, fuck you, there's nothing wrong with the clock and check one, two. Hey, uh, no, it's a personal joke. <laughs> <laughs> now, Cal, uh, about the song, we're going to be playing a certain version of that Ghostbusters tune at the very end of the podcast after the promo. Something you've forgotten about when I talked about it the other yeah, week. Yeah, no, so a bit of an incentive there for you good listeners. Mm. Please listen to the promos and what we're going to be playing at the end, Cal. Tell us what it is. Basically, get your, get them neck muscles, <laughs> get them ready. Well, you can ready. have a hair, thrash metal, three minute. You're going to get the thr- English thrash metal band Zentrex version of Ghostbusters. And get in there and just get them hands on them hips and bang that head. <laughs> Maybe not if you're driving, because that looked really weird. <laughs> it would have. Oh, I don't know. It would look a bit wide involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially with your hands on your hips. <laughs> How would that happen? <laughs> 
Oh, you can do that tomorrow. I want to see you do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the main players in Ghostbusters. All right. Now we've already talked about that actually in a previous episode of the Blues Brothers, but a little bit of a uh, just yeah. Because one thing we don't do is go through the story. No, everyone no, knows that. Everyone knows. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Now Danny Aykroyd, born, born uh, July the first, nineteen fifty-two, of course. Nineteen fifty-two. Now, yeah, he's getting on a bit, isn't he? Uh, than my dad in Canada. Canada playing a race dance. Uh, director Ivan Reitman, born uh, October twenty-seventh, nineteen forty-six. From Czechoslovakia, uh, well, sorry, now Slovakia. Um, Bill Murray, born William James Murray on September the 21st, 1950. What? Oh, it's, oh, it's, oh. it's going to be 64 this year in uh, Evanston, Illinois. Mm. Oh, Check that out. Um, William Atherton Knight, he's the one who plays, uh, he is Dickless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a wonderful actor. He was born July the 30th, 1947. So he's cracking on a bit. He doesn't look too bad, actually. Is he? No, yeah. uh, he play. He tends to play dicks, doesn't he? He, <laughs> yeah, he, was, the, he was the main dick in uh, in Die Hard and Die, Die Hard too. I love Die Hard. I love Die Hard. I watched Die Hard. I watched now. I watched it the other week. Have we done Die Hard? No. no. I watched the proper version, not the crappy. Did we do Die Hard for Christmas? Did we do? Yeah, if Mike got in America, you never had versions of. He did that and another four hours. Yeah, we back the finger. It made it look worse, didn't it? Yeah, it did actually. We should explain that another 48 hours uh, had obviously it's got uh, Eddie, Eddie Murphy giving the, giving the finger yeah. but on the top screen on ITV they erased the finger so just have him showing it looks yeah, like yeah. a Billy Idol uh, we used to have really weird versions like we were watching Leaf of Weapon once so you get, and they showed a whole bit weren't they remember yeah. that wait a minute Rick Moranis born Frederick Allen Moranis of course we talked about him on yeah, yeah, Shuffle yeah. Hovers born April the 18th 1953 another Canadian um, Susan Alexander Weaver She's the only she's Weaver. Hot in this, but she's, very she's really hot in this. She's hot anyway. She's she looks hot, hot now. She's sixty-four. She's hot Jeez, sixty-five this year, I should say. Uh, born October eighth, nineteen forty-nine, in Manor. She looks hot in um, Galactic Press. Oh, she's really, she really good. She's like an alien. Aliens. Oh, and uh, uh, what's that one? Sig- no, not Sigma. Working Girl is it? Is it working? He's working good. Melanie Griffiths and Harrison Ford. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know why, don't know why I know that. <laughs> Move on. Um, yeah, October eighth, nineteen forty-nine, in New York City. Ernie Hudson, Ernest Lee Hudson, who looks totally different in the second film. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah, thought he was a different actor. Uh, born December the 17th, hmm. uh, 1945, Save Our Fair in Benton Harbour, Michigan. And of course, the wonderful Harold Allen Ramis, born November the 21st, 1944, in Chicago, Illinois, sadly passed away this year on February 24th, 2014. Cause of death was complications of uh, autoimmune inflammatory vasculitis, which was uh, something he caught a few years ago. Um, yes, yeah, such a sad death. And part of me thinking um, was was this the reason why they they wasn't yeah. fully going ahead with with. Uh, 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 the more I hear about it, and I probably get to talk about this later. The more they should just leave it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, later, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some throw in though. Uh, some of the stuff that Harold Ramis was involved in. Uh, he was in Stripes, of course. Actually. I love Stripes. I know. Stripes so we can great. film that. Is. He was the. He was also the voice of Marty Moose in National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, oh. He was in Baby Boom, Stealing Home, Ghostbusters Two, The Earth Day Special, Groundhog Day as a neurologist. He was in Airheads. 
uh, Love Affair, as good as it gets. Play, well, I love that film as good as it gets. As Doctor Martin. Oh, I know that, that's a really sweet film. That High is. Fidelity played Rob's dad in a deleted oh. scene. That is. Oh. He was in Orange County, The Last Kiss, Knocked Up, Walked Hard, The Jurex Cox Story, Year One. Uh, he was in a video game, of course, Ghostbusters. Now he's directing. Look at this for a list of directing. I'm just going to read out the most well-known mm. ones: Caddyshack, Vacation, Grand Dog Day, Multiplicity. Analyze this, Bedazzled. Analyze that. The Office for TV. Year One, Second City Television, The Rodney Dangerfield Show, um, Back to School. He was a producer of Grand Dog Day as well. Uh, he's writing stuff as well. The National Lampoon Radio Ad, National Lampoon Show, Delta House, Meatballs, Caddyshack, Stripes, The Rodney Dangerfield Show. He was a writer, of course, of Ghostbusters, Club Paradise, Ghost, uh, Caddyshack 2. Uh, he was a writer, of course, on Grand Dog Day, Analyze This and Analyze That. And he was also one of the writers with Dan Aykroyd on Ghostbusters Video Game. Uh, man, that is a list, and as to quote, uh, as to quote Ernie Hudson, uh, that's shit. They'll turn you white. So, virtually, just just loads of facts. So, Cal, give us. When did you first see Ghostbusters? No, I was thinking. No, when we saw this, I was thinking. I think I did. You know the pictures and see it? I did. I, yeah, I'm sure it did. Mm. I think, but I'm sure my, you know. It was a PG, I'm sure. Yeah, it was a PG, like I said, PGs are not tough now, aren't they? But then you could get in the bloody end, didn't they? And I'm sure I went to the Alan Rock Capital to see it. Wow, I went to the World Cinema Acox Green. And none of these cinemas are there anymore. It's how old we are. No, it's a shame, isn't it, really? Uh, Yeah, so I think it was about, I think it was really come out because I remember it was everywhere, weren't it? When you watched these Saturday morning swap shots or Mm. bloody, what was the one in dustbin? Uh, number 70s oh no um, oh, I don't know remember I'm, that one I'm dying you shouldn't have said that it's going to annoy me now remember it was on yeah, our TV right. yeah. Millennium Dustbin yeah. Sandy Toxbeat Sandy Toxbeat yeah, yeah, she and was in number 73 with Neil Buchanan what was that number 73 with Millennium Dustbin it could Dustbin. have been yeah maybe it was anyway, what was it Saturday Superstore you thinking of Ziggas Zag? I'm thinking of Saturday Superstore anyway it was on everywhere <laughs> weren't it and I remember being really really excited I don't remember other so <laughs> Like I said, I think then people that you got in, and I weren't scared. No. I think we because we were watching zombie films and we were about eight, that's what it was. <laughs> um, I think I was about, it must have been when it came out, so what, what year was it out? 84. 84, so that's about right, yeah, so we're 11. Mm. So probably about the right age for that, really, weren't we? Even yeah, some of the jokes I, I know that, well, yeah, and that, you only notice the adult jokes oh. a little bit later. But I went and saw it when, um, now I've got a sneaky suspicion. Did I go to mum and dad? I know that me and Aaron Gamble, Aaron Gamble, Aaron Gamble. <laughs> he's, he's on Facebook. Uh, pretty good guitar player, Aaron is. Um, he, me, and him pretend to be Ghostbusters. We made our own Ghostbusters packs out of um, cereal boxes. Well, a string. Sounds like really recently you've done a thing like this. But that was for a party. Oh, yeah, we, you, you're obsessed with making yourself a. You need to just make yourself a proper one. Proper photon pack. I will do. <laughs> I will do actually. I'll probably, oh, yeah, I'll, we'll do. I'll do one. Go on, do oh, one, and we'll put it on a waffle on picture. <laughs> we need to put his homemade one. <laughs> <laughs> my dad may have me make the old homemade. But me and Aaron were, were Ghostbusters. I think I wanted to be Venkman, but like, even my wife told me, I said, you're more like Ray than, than, uh, than Peter. Yeah, you are more like wants to be, Yeah, yeah. Everyone, like, everyone wants to be Peter Venkman. Yeah, that's it. Everyone wants to be Peter Venkman. To be fair, Aaron was more, more like uh, yeah, yeah. Peter Venkman. And I think, I'm sure Neil Barker was in as well, but he beat me, so I didn't, didn't really want to know him after us. But there was a block of flats by us, and we always said there was a ghost there. Yeah. Um, but it just goes to show, you know, back there when, you, you know, you come out and you want to be in the film and that was, must be what was great seeing Star Wars in 77 that you want to be able to lightsaber you know and, and, and you don't very rarely I think you get well I don't know I'd have to I don't really come out of films now thinking I wish I could do that no because I, I think what you're saying yeah <laughs> no I think what you're saying right there though but you mentioned it in the thing that 
Mm. A lot of people are a bit odd as it's all Star Wars. For me, the biggest thing I first remember was Ghostbusters. Yeah, same, yeah. Because we were too young for Star Wars. Yeah. Well, you didn't really get it. And it's just one of many things. But Eleven, with the right age, you're getting a bit of independence. Yeah, that and Transformers the movie. Yeah, we went yeah, yeah, we, we, for that. Uh, Alan Ruck, uh, no, uh, no, what it was Wild Cinema. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Awesome Wells, last fucking roll, weren't it? Yeah. It's amazing, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, Awesome Wells. Awesome Wells is in the Transformer movie. Yeah, but yeah, I'll say it's got getting out. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember seeing it at the Wyoke and it having such a massive impact on me. And I remember, I love drawing the, the symbol, the, you know, the, the no ghost symbol, which is now infamous, obviously, you'll be on the title of the podcast. Just seen that everywhere. And and stickers for it. It was in cereal boxes, and then you could buy like the, the action figures, which came out. I think more came out actually with the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, but yeah, no, that just. But seen it. I don't think I meant to see Ghostbusters two on the cinema. Yeah, I think we did. Didn't we I think me and you went and saw that because <sighs> I remember just being very disappointed with it. Because I was disappointed with the fact that that was peering at the top of the Statue of Liberty, and I was thinking that's not to scale. Yeah. I yeah, well, it's more the same, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's like, I think we won't be talking about, we'll talk about maybe talk about yeah. that later. But I mean, even from, I mean, we'll go through the film now. I mean, I haven't got any notes on it, it's just off the top of yeah, my head because it was sitting on London. Simple story, but, isn't it? Yeah, very simple story. But I mean, the cheekiness of, of you know, Bill Murray's cheekiness, or how we, how we think of Bill Murray's like laid back sarcasm, he's not in this film. That's what I said to you, yeah, didn't it's I? Nice I think you think you assume. When you haven't watched it for a while, Bill Maher is just really, really sarky. Yeah. He's not sarky, he's smug. He's smug. He's right, really man. smug and arrogant. And, and, and at the start of the film where he's doing the, you know, the, the psychic tests. He's not likeable, is he? No, he's not like a boy, no. And he's clearly flirting with that. And that poor guy. That poor guy. Who actually gets them right. And he gets me pay yeah. yeah. he's giving me his dollar. <laughs> one dollar to be electrocuted. That's terrible. And he's cracking on that girl. But I mean, even like when they go to the library, that library scene, I was watching it the other day. Um, brilliant opener. Or anything, seeing a woman like just screaming, you don't well, know what she's yeah. screaming at, but just seeing as she's walking along and the books floating past, and the music, and the it music. Was just, it's obviously just on strings, yeah, but so well done. Well, a bit of that and a Megatron, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that you don't that is for atmosphere, yeah. you don't need loads of effects, no, no, it's just and having all the cards flowing out and, out and the book, I mean, just the book stacked on top of each of them. I mean, that's a great, you know, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what a brilliant start to do, and the fact that they're shitting themselves. I mean, because what do we do now? We just grab her, yeah, no, no, that's a great idea, man. Well, I mean, and then when you got obviously that when they get the the car Ecto One, which has now become like quite a you know it was a hearse. Originally, that was, I think it's in the might be on the nose, but it was an ambulance. Been, was it an ambulance? I think it was a hearse. A hearse. A hearse and I made it more into like the ambulance. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. But there's just obviously Ecto Two was different to Ecto One. Mm. Uh, that's been done up as a project at the moment. I think that there's a there's a like a Kickstarter kind of thing to get my, my, to get it, get it made up. Yeah, because it's just now been quite. In bad slot. Yeah, like, it was yeah, a, it was in bad Well, slot. I don't think it was a big budget film, was it? I think you can look there, you can see. I think, that was, yeah, no, because the original premise of it was going to cost him $35 million or something. Yeah. Ridiculous amount for him to make it, which hence the reason why Harold Ramis came in to rewrite the script. Because, and Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd, people forget how, how a great storyteller Dan Aykroyd is. His, you know, his Blues Brothers script was a, was a telephone book. In fact, he, for the joke, he wrapped it in a telephone book cover. And because the detail in the Blues Brothers, he had the backstory to every single character, the backstory even when they were kids. Now that film's loving it. Oh, no, he, and people, people forget about that Aykroyd, you know, I mean, now he's like, you know, it, oh, I mean, to be fair, he's getting on now. Yeah, so but I think it was all them films he did in the 90s, where he did crap, well, put on loads of weight, and people weight. just thought of him as 
the, oh, the not talented one. Bill Murray was all the talent. Yeah, the opposite. It's complete opposite. opposite. Bill Murray maybe has got the stick, hasn't he? And he's got the life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like everyone says about Bill Murray, he's supposed to be brilliant on set, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to get up and get up in front of everyone and make it even like I don't think Dan Aykroyd's like that. He's a lot quieter. And he did lose his brother when he was younger no, as well. No, his mate, his best mate. Yeah, yeah. Lost his best mate, didn't he? And I think all that, Affected him, didn't he? So he was a lot quieter yeah, guy, wasn't I mean, he? I think we probably, again we'll probably mention this in the thing, but I mean, like um, you know, Bill Moore, uh, Bill Moore, say, uh, Ghostbusters was wrote for John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, I know, yeah. and Eddie Murphy. Uh, and, and you I mean, can imagine it kind of because I mean when you tell me that I, yeah, yeah, what's it, what I, yeah you can imagine that you can imagine it and it, I think it would, it would have been nice to yeah. see Eddie Murphy was good no, I was arguing my wife about this last night oh, right. saying Eddie Murphy's rubbish I said forget all the films after 1990 mm-hmm. up until Bowfinger he did 10 brilliant I said he did crap films because yeah name a good film he did I said Trading Places oh. uh, uh, Coming Hills to Cop. America Beverly Hills Cop Beverly Hills Cop 2 yeah he did great um, films. Uh, 48 Hours, another 48 Hours. I like Harlem Nights. Uh, I, I like Harlem Nights, and I know lot of people hate that. I like it. Golden Child. I think he, Golden Child's a great film. He did film. good films. Yeah. But I know he did a load of crap, and that's the thing with Dan Aykroyd. Mm. It was all the other stuff he did where he'd turn up when he in a crap cameo. He was always a bit overweight, weren't he? He was yeah. a bit of a joke, it but, weren't he? But then he does some films. Which, I mean, I, I think. I think it's a really sad film, but my girl. And he's a Do you know, I've never seen that. Is that, that, is that Macaulay Culkin? And uh, Anna Chomsky, who's... I don't know that. She turns up in, not in the office, in, uh, in, uh, in the loop, doesn't she? Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. But I mean, um, you know, it's a really sad, quite a sad film, that is. But he's really good in it, because it's quite a serious role. But man, how good, how good is he in Gross Point Blank? Oh, wow. We love that film. We've always said we love that film. I watched it at Christmas. I must have seen that film five or six times. It never bores me. No. No, I've got on video tape. I watched it on video tape the other day because I got my video connected up to my my blue iPad. And man, I was watching that. Not only is it a brilliant soundtrack. Uh, oh, everything's um, going to be John, uh, John, John Cusack. Cusack. Is it the last great film that John Cusack, Cusack did? Yeah, I think he probably was. Before he signed it. Was that before um, The Rock? Was he not, not The Rock? Um, I think it's the one with um, The Plane. With Con Air. Like Con Con Air. Air. Was that before Con Air? After Con Air? Well, I think it was around around the same time, wasn't it? Because them films are great, but then after that. Yeah, what's he doing? I, I just Ooh, he was in that uh, saving uh, uh, Malkovich. And you know, he was meant to be the original uh, Walter White in Breaking Bad. Really? And he turned it down? He turned it down. What a knob. To do, you know what he did? He did that one, the Billy Disaster movie, that one that was on the other year, where they ended the world, and it's appalling. Oh, I think basically he's all about the money. He was Indy Hart, Frog Werner, growing up, he did, you know, all of me, not, well, not all of me, but he the sure thing. music. Yeah, all them kind of stuff. And then now he's like, I'll just do anything. I'll, I'm off fucking Hollywood's teeth now. Yeah. And it's terrible when you see actors go like that, isn't it? It's terrible. That's a shame. Oh, yeah. Anyway, 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 Look quite cool. Well, I am in Chicago. I, I, I want to go because he still owns Hazel Blues, isn't he? Yeah, he still. Yeah. So we're in front of Alice. I want to go there just to say I've been to the House of Blues. It'd be a shame not to go there and not do that. I don't. Know. Yeah. So yeah. So of course they. You know, let's just go back into the the meat of the film. So <laughs> to speak. Um, now they, they become the Ghostbusters because they get sacked from their university. They have their grant taken away. They use all of. Uh, uh, Ray's mother's uh, mother's yeah, house. Yeah. They sell that, don't they? And Egon says that mortgage is going to cost him like ninety five thousand in interest alone. Yeah, you know, it's a hell of a lot of money, but it doesn't seem that bothered. They buy, they rent the fire station, they get that, which is let's face it, a cool. Oh, it's got it's crap. Everyone would buy that, wouldn't they? Of course, they would. Got a fireman's pole. <laughs> got a pole in it. 
And I don't know why. This is where you get the idea that Rye is like a man-child. Yeah, he is. Isn't because they're going around in that house at night. Oh, it's rubbish. Then he comes. He's got a pole. Let's buy it. Let's buy it. Look. And let's face it, they look so good in those outfits, which is just like flight suits, basically. Is that what it was? Like That's a flight what they're just great. They look slightly um, khaki in the film, but they're grey. They're like grey. Yeah. Film to, to oh, yeah. And they, they do look good. They do look brilliant. Um, you, you, here we see uh, Rick Moranis playing a comedy role again. Nothing ever. He weren't going to do that originally. He was going to like in, in two minds ready to do it. He pulls off a great performance. But now he's funny. He's, he's so really good. funny. All he, I think I, again, I, I'm probably going to repeat myself when I say the, the facts of. But you know that bit where he's in the party. All of that's impro. Oh, it's a great scene, and it's all virtually done in one scene. It's one great time. because the way he's done, no, I was listening to him, nah. and you feel really sorry for him. Yeah. Do you know what that bit reminds me of? Like Jim Carrey's character in um, Cable Guy. Mm. The way he's got that party and his only friends are his clients. Yeah. They're not really his friends. Because no. I love but, Cable Guy. But, but he says that. The reason why he's only invited his, invited his work for well, his, his clients is because he can claim tax back on it. Which <laughs> says it always. He's, it? No, he's really good. Well, I said Rick Radish was brilliant in yeah. the 80s, weren't he? And, you know, he did the right thing, though, didn't he? He that interview. Like, he had enough of it all, didn't he? And mm. just left. Yeah. No mad reason. He, he, said, he said he would come back for Ghostbusters 3 if the role was right and if it worked out. But oh, I don't know. I mean... I'm going to forget any what we're talking about Monty Python. It's like, do you want to Could, see... No. Do you want your last memory of something to be... I, like, I had this with Red Dwarf. No. My, you know, that's it now. It's like, yeah, I think of Red Dwarf as being lacklustre at the end. The thing is, right, Bill Murray's turned around and said, oh, I don't, I don't really want to do it. And I can understand they're not wanting to do it now that I have all died. But when he came out of that award show dressed in his Ghostbusters outfit, he looked brilliant and even in Zombieland. When, yeah, 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 yeah. You look at him, he could still pull it off. Yeah, because he's still got it up here. He's yeah. still really quick. And what you want them to do, if they're going to do it, they've got to play their age, haven't they? Yeah. This is what they've got to do. Ooh. Not play them. What do they do where they save the world and they all die? Oh, yeah. We don't want is what we're scared of is the, the passing kids. over to the, the young. Because if that happens, like they didn't work, they tried it with Christopher Skull. Blues Brothers. Don't work. Yeah, try it does not work because people want, if you're going to do that, you've got to start again and redo it. Oh, just have the look, look we took, we're too old, you know, have the classic line, we're too old for this shit. Uh, Danny Glover line. And have him in the office just turning around and saying, look, you know, you got, you know, who we got, oh, there's a Ghostbusters down there. And it's like, I don't know, like Ben Stiller. Or, you know, so I, I can imagine him doing it. Yeah, that, you've got I can to, imagine, I don't know. You think you lose? Because I tell the same kind of thing at the moment. Unlike Netflix, any Netflix fans out there, you've got the TV series at the moment of um, Dust Till Dawn. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's fine, isn't it? It's good, but you're constantly thinking, where's Quintantino? Yeah. Where's George Clooney? Where's, George, where's Danny George. Trello? Yeah. It's not as good. Where's Chi Kuo Chong? Exactly. It's not as good because then that's the thing. We go, so I think that's the problem they're always going to have, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's what they've been hot. They should have done it 10 years ago. Hmm. But it was Bill Murray's fault that they wouldn't do it 10 years well, ago, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. I think then again, that. I mean, he was doing, you know, look at the films Bill Murray. Well, he, well, he, well, he had his great period reading there. Lost in About Schmidt. About What's the one with the submarine? Um, yeah, Earl of Aquatic. Was he in Isle of the Huckabees? Huckab- uh, I, 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 I think he was, wasn't it? Yeah, I if he weren't, maybe he should have been. But that's the kind of thing, you know, he had that period of his life, didn't he, where he liked to be in this indie bloke, but... This is, I don't know, because that means an it filmed it yet, it would be, be so probably two years for it to come out. That's going to be 66. Maybe towards the 70s. It's like, I'm not, they, they wouldn't be doing it. No. 
So they'd have to have someone doing the action parts. Your voice is and, already going. Yeah. So <laughs> and would you would you want it where he's doing the lines in the office and then the kids doing the running around? Mm. Nah. I don't know. No, I think I think you're right. I, I think, think so, something that should just be left, Matt. Maybe go back and just do a nice a nice commentary on it or something like that on the film. Yeah, we'll do it. Oh, now I don't remember. We're going to do it. The other one was an animated film. Yeah, Get them doing the voices. That'd be all right. But then again, you've lost Harold now. I don't want to see another person doing, doing the voice. It's just too. It's just. And the time in New York looks mm. still different, isn't it? It was again, a little bit it's, shambolic. It's, and, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Like we said we keep saying many times about the romance of dirty New York. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. not like that anymore, is it? Uh, it's not like that. And you know, you got and the way they they just you know they have built like a. A really bait a nuclear reactor in the basement. <laughs> well, this kind of thing wouldn't be, di- you know, when I think it had like a punk kind of feel to it, even though it was a long time after punk. Mm. But you had that kind of dirty, low well, budget. Yeah, because the kind of like, when you look at, look at where we were going, like we'd gone out of new romanticism in the 80s with the music wise. We saw we were starting to get like into, you know, a bit more grimier music kind of stuff. You mm. know, we weren't too far away from grunge, grunge really, as far as that. Yeah, yeah, you know. No, so. I can't remember where we were in the film, really. Anyway, we were not going to, I don't know if we're going to be putting clips in. I'm not too sure. You're I don't not too sure, are you? I don't know, because I want to try and get this out pretty quickly, really. So, anyway, you know, everyone who's listening must know the film anyway. Very so, many you know, people are going, what is this film? I know, yeah. What is this film? It's <laughs> called Ghostbusters. So, what's your favourite favorite moment in the film? I've got two, really. Oh. I, I, I like two. I like... It's, it's, it's I'm really weird when I go when I, when I like things in films. It's never big scenes. It's little yeah. things... I like the way uh, Peter is constantly bullying Ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That the Ray's like an idiot. And the way he's hitting him and he gives him... His, I love the bit where he gives him the chocolate bar. Yeah. yeah. I love that bit. Like, he's got his treats. Yeah. I love that bit. And the dickless line. Oh, the dickless line. I love that line. What is it? Yes, that man has no dick. <laughs> but this shows you, though, what I was saying, that it's really unevenly toned. Mm. You'd never do that now. There's that joke... Which is quite an adult joke. Yeah. There's a shit that turns you white, and there's the, <laughs> and there's no other way of saying it. There's a ghost giving him a blowjob scene. Yeah, there is. Yeah. You know, they would never show that. You'd never get away. Although, it's a really odd the scene. Com- the comedy moment when you see. I mean, it's really well done the way he's flying his, his belt over yeah. and he flies out. But it's that bit where Dr. Ackroyd just crosses his eyes. Yeah. I'm thinking, is that your happy face? It's, that's it. <laughs> I just think it's a strangely tonal. Mm. You can see that they were really on that, they were that new wave of comedy, weren't they? Come yeah. from Saturday Night Live. They couldn't hold back having their off-the-wall kind of humour, that adult humour in there. And I think that's why kids and adults like it. Yeah. Because there's loads of films you watch when you're a kid and you watch now... And you like it, but it's not got the same appeal. Where Ghostbusters still has. Yeah, I think stuff like Gremlins. I don't think. Yeah, has that I love Gremlins, but yeah. uh, it oh, is. I, I could go. I could go and put Ghostbusters on. I, I watched it last week just to like, to recap. I could easily watch it again tonight. Yeah, well, I had that with ET. Yeah. I loved ET when I was a kid. Hate ET. I loved it when I was a kid. I loved Aliens and all of that. I watched it about a year, and I could not stand it. Mm. It is awful. See, I, I, I hated ET when I saw it at cinema. Mm. And see, I mean, I've told you this before. It's the, I mean, how old was it? What, 80, about the same time? About the same, yeah, I, I wanted to walk. I asked my wife if I could leave. And she goes, mm. why? And says, it's badly done. It's bad. One of the precocious little shit. I was yeah, yeah. It's badly wrote, I think. I yeah. said, I don't know that. Oh. I said something like that. So I don't like the way it's directed. I mean, yeah. what, a, what a precocious yeah, little yeah, son. Yeah. This week, through Steven Spielberg as well. Yeah. One thing well, you never say about Steven Spielberg, maybe it's bad direction. direction. Yeah, right, you right. might make schmaltzy stuff, but it... Can we do dual? But... 
I love Joe. I love Dennis Weaver for a start. I love that film. Yeah. Can we do it's it? Perfect. No, we should do that as well. Because it's telling it's a more film. It just, anyway, keep, it, 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 it just gives me an excuse to buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah is that, uh, I, right, yeah. so did you say you took... Oh, you took yeah. I said, that, yeah, you know, there's loads of stuff I like. You know, like, uh, you know what? I found, I found Slimer quite annoying when I watched it. I, didn't, I used to love Slimer when I was a kid. But that, I think Slimer's for the kids. Yeah, it I is. Slimer, that's, why, annoying, that's why yeah. it becomes Ghostbusters and Slimer later on. Because it's the like... Real Ghostbusters when you become a A companion for... Yeah, no. I, I quite like Slime. I like the fact that he is quite, you know, he attacks Peter and he gets slimed and all that. Yeah. And it's a great scene in the in the hotel, you know, dining room where they literally smashed the whole place off. No, that is a great scene. Yeah, I, I, my favourite scene, right, is when they turn on the proto. We should proto uh, I'll leave that until later. But when they turn on the pack in the lift and the way they both move away, yeah, and the yeah, way yeah. that is just totally oblivious to the fact that they're all staring at this nuclear power pack that they got. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They mention that close, uh, you know, the streams. Um, we know well, actually it's strange enough it's a subtle one but when Ernie, Ernie Hudson turns up when, when they first oh, yeah. out, when Zedmore turns up and, that, and they, they goes, uh, goes honey and goes if the paycheck's right yeah, I'll believe in anything because you believe in all that stuff yeah. if the paycheck's fine I'll believe in anything the fact that really yeah. he's, and he so he, theoretically he should be just scared out of all of them but he isn't yeah. Although he is a, a slightly underused actor, I think, really. Yeah, that's what I noticed when I rewatch it. I think when you're a kid, you think, oh, he's in a low, but he's only in a little he's tiny bit. Yeah, he's in a lot in the second film, to be fair. And I think, you know, I, and, and, you know is, he, is he worth having? I think he is, because he does balance it out. Well, he's a bit more, he's a bit more every, every man, isn't he? That's mm-hmm. what he, they're all intellectuals. Yeah. Even though, you know, you do never believe that Peter Venkman's a bloody professor. A professor, no, I don't. Right, you do, because he's like, that's and easy. Yeah, because they're a bit in their own world, aren't they? Yeah. But in that, Peter Venkman's supposed to have never worked. And I thought, <laughs> what the hell have you been doing? Because how old, how old are they in that, in the 30s? I think so, late 30s, isn't it? Late 30s. You must see, really. <clears throat> well, how about, how about eight, four? Oh, well, wow. his first <laughs> film was Meatballs. 30 years ago. 30 years? 30 years old this year. Ah. So that's all the stuff you know about it, man. That's mad, isn't it? They need to have a good. Mine's got the Blu-ray. They got that new, um, the Blu-ray version is that HD4, is it? Ah, no, I don't understand why it's that. I've seen it on YouTube. Someone's done the clip of the Blu-ray version and this new no, version. No it looks worse, I think. Well, sometimes you pick up the imperfections. Yeah. Sometimes films. The reason they're using that. They, this is the idea. What I don't like, Peter Jackson. Mm. I want to see you looking past the camera. No, mm. I like films. Yeah. I want it to look like a film. Yeah. Also, when, when you're in something like The Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, I, I don't want to. What was it like in the new one? I, I saw it standard. Oh, I saw, yeah. I saw it standard edition. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. But no, you're not using. You're not interested in seeing that. I don't want to see no because I don't want to say. Looks oh, weird, he, looks, doesn't he? He, looks, he looks too real. Well, I don't want him looking too real. I want him to look. Like, I'm, I'm going to see Lord of the Rings because I want to go into that fantasy world. Thanks yeah. very much. It's like Saying, I oh, know, let's do uh, Lance of Arabia and make it look really, really real. No, you want it to look beautiful, it's a bit like, cinemascope. Yeah, it's a bit like those favourite films. You really like those point of view porn films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are the new porn film, isn't they? P-O-V. I don't want to see that. I do not want to see that. No, because you'd be looking no, at No, because you're looking because at someone you're... else. Look, your point of view looking at someone who's looking at point of view. Right? And, well, if, and if it was realistic, you'd be sneakily watching the telly at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, shouting at your penis. <laughs> Work, done you? Begin work. <laughs> not now. Not now. <laughs> oh dear, it's a good job you was now. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, look, you you know the film. So if I read out some facts or something, like that, then you know we can throw it in again. You know, I hope we're not <laughs> we're not denting your expectations of this. But we we love the film. We think it's brilliant, and you know you know we like them often anyway. So now the staple of marshmallow man. 
What did you think about the state performance? Mm, it's all right. Emma, my wife loves that because that's that scene. There's a state when at the beginning, you know, when the eggs are jumping off the the counter in in Dallas. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you look closely, there's a big packet of staple of marshmallows. There isn't. That's why I always thought. Why would Ray be thinking about that for? I still don't understand. Well, he does explain it. He says he was thinking of the, the one thing as a kid. That's it. Here's a fact for you. Do you know marshmallows soothe the sore throat? A marshmallow is good for sore throat. Yeah. What was that? Oh, I don't know. Who told you this? Uh, a friend of mine. Have you tried it? No. Hmm. You just eat them. I just eat the marshmallows. Yeah, yeah. Do you like marshmallows? I do like marshmallows. I like marshmallows. I like marshmallows because I'm chocolate. Do you see that advert? There's a programme <laughs> on about a monkey really roasting a... What? There's a new programme on and uh, someone has talked... Are you assuring that this wasn't a Bill Bunny? No, because we saw it... No, no. <laughs> no. Mm. Welcome to... I'll give you some Californian hospitality. That's a great name and something added in. No, there's a... Someone's taught. There's a, a, a gorilla and they give him um, marshmallows and he saw someone roasting her and does it now in the zoo? They put a fire there and he roasts them and eats them. It's yeah. in it's in America somewhere, yeah. Of I know this is an ultimate waffling waffle today, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Yeah, but that, anyway, to come back yeah, to that, yeah. but I always thought, yeah, that is a strange little bit in it. They obviously had their idea in the thingy first at night, it's pretty yeah. marshmallow, man. Well, the, originally it was uh, he was meant to have been the same size as the Statue of Liberty, and you saw him standing next to it. Ah, oh. reasons why. So here's a bit of information from the State of Marshmallow Man. The character was seen in the movie was created by Bill Bryan using miniatures, optical composition, and Bryan himself in a latex suit. The suit was made of two layers: an outer flammable layer and the inner fireproof layer. Some of the finished movie's most notable errors appear in the State of Scenes. Oh. He is seen with and without his bow tie. And while in other scenes, the optical rendering was so poor that he passes through a church rather than crushing it. I did notice that, actually. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, and then Peter turns around and says, no one crushes yeah, the church. Um, the cop who releases the Ghostbusters to see the mayor, in the same cop, we see in Die Hard, Officer Powell. Oh. Officer Powell, who has the donuts. Oh, he's wicked, he is. Yeah, man, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, Officer yeah. Powell. But that's why the only reason why Die Hard's brilliant, isn't it? Because the heroes in that are different, they're unusual, aren't they? I've got to find that ridiculous film. <clears throat> Ridiculous thing. Should I try and find it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, because it is a great scene, isn't it? I'm Walter Peck, sir, and I'm prepared to make a full report. These men are consummate snowball artists. They use sense and nerve gases to induce hallucinations. People think they're seeing ghosts. And they call these bozos who conveniently show up to deal with the problem with the fake electronic light show. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. They caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Well, that's what I heard. Man, and he's so good in Die Hard as well, that guy. Because he's such, a, such an arsehole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, follow-ups to Ghostbusters. We've got the real Ghostbusters cartoon, Ghostbusters 2, uh, then the Extreme Ghostbusters. Now, I don't know you said this earlier, but no. I don't remember the Extreme Ghostbusters. I remember the real Ghostbusters. Because they have different colours. Here's a fact for you, right, which I always found slightly weird. Something Bill Murray complained about. Now, Bill Murray complained that the person who did his voice in Ghostbusters, the cartoon... He turned around and said, no, man, he sounds too much like Garfield. The reason for that is, is the guy who does the voice for Peter Venkman in the cartoon was the same person who did the voice for Garfield. For the but what film did, the, in the film version of Garfield, who voiced Garfield? Bill Murray. Weird. That is a weird old one. That's a weird it? old figure. Yeah, like you think is. someone who didn't like that, he wouldn't play into it, but... Yeah. Who he played him? Play that says something, doesn't it, Bill? Yeah. yeah I'll lay back. Let's face that cat stoned. There's no doubt that. 
<laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. Oh, like I said, I found that weird film, Garfield. Oh, God, yeah. I, like I said, I think Garfield did, it missed Britain by, didn't it, really? I think so. It, you know, I used to quite like reading the newspaper, like. Yeah, we had our own stuff, yeah. didn't we? No, what did we have? We had, uh, we had uh, uh, what's the one who slept on the uh, Andy Captain? Andy Captain. That's a bit shit, isn't it? Do you remember the TV series? That was James, James Boland. Boland. <laughs> this is the just, great TV series. Just sleepy, can I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, almost none of the scenes were filmed as scripted, and in fact, almost all of the scenes had at least one or two ad libs. Most of Bill Murray's lines are ad libs. Yeah, you can imagine that, guy, yeah. Uh, on the set, Dan Aykroyd referred to the Slimer Ghost as the ghost of John Belushi. Uh, hmm. uh, had Eddie Murphy accepted the role of Winston the character was actually meant to appear in more of the film yeah and yeah you can tell that really you can tell that because <clears throat> he he's not given many lines really is he apart from his only funny line really <laughs> he's uh, I've seen shit that'll turn, turn you white yeah you can imagine that really even though I also thought I would have done um, I've seen shit that'll turn me white but the, I, that's what I would have done yeah that would have been a better line yeah but I think they're probably a bit worried about it that yeah. must have been on the paper but the mm, you can mm, get away with that kind yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the classic well I mean let's face it <laughs> the people who can generally get away with racial jokes will be anyone like Mel Brooks right yeah, Mel Brooks is a friend well, everyone doesn't well, he friends everyone just gets because he? he uses the thing as I'm Jewish I can do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. his words yeah. but I mean like let's face it the classic line in Blazing Saddles you know morning late maiden wow, beautiful yeah. sorry that's a terrible voice anyway I'm, just, I'm quoting the film I'm not yeah, trying to pretend <laughs> that I am uh, that wonderful actor oh, whose name was on the tip of my tongue I can't remember yeah. Yeah. He goes, uh, boy, man, what a beautiful day. And she turns back and goes, up oh, yours, nigger. Yeah, you night. could never get away with that, no. really. But if ever did a podcast on Blaze and Saddles, it's ridiculous. It's Clinton, funny. Clinton, something. Yeah. Is it? I don't know, anyway. It's gone. Meant to be Richard Pryor. Well, wasn't it? Mm. I, I don't, I'm glad he wasn't. I love Richard Pryor, but you can't imagine Richard Pryor in that film. Yeah, really? What, was, what good films Richard Pryor? I love like Richard Pryor. Bruce's Millions. What? Him and Gene Hackman? I love his films Eddie Murphy no I'm just saying though, that Bruce's Millions was brilliant see no evil he, 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 no, he, no, see no evil he no evil was great <gasps> Silver Streak yeah he's oh, good. Oh, them two were brilliant still together. crazy just, I know, so basically oh, I've done yeah, good yeah another one you know, we should have an Amazon link. Oh, hold well on. <laughs> we went quite high then, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we should have an Amazon link. We should talk about that because people. You know. Someone put that on our Facebook page, actually, that we, we should put. We should, I should do a thing to Amazon where we get, we get cash. Yeah, because a lot of the good things, but the films are wheels so are all really cheap as well, aren't they? They're old stuff. Yeah, maybe should be expensive, like us. Cheap and old. The cat, no, uh, uh, Ivan Reitman says that William Atherton phoned him up to complain that the movie's ruined his life. The character of Walter Peck was so hated that people would uh, talk Atherton as if he was the actual character. Apparently, it even got physical in some of the bars. Bloody hell. Yeah, bloke. Yeah, you played a dick in Die Hard as well. Yeah, his <laughs> name was Peck in that. Peck, Walter Peck. Uh, the lively chorus shouting the words Ghostbusters throughout the song were made up of the only people Ray Parker Jr. could find quickly enough to help him meet his deadline, uh -huh. his young girlfriend and her friends. No, well, I do like the film tune, though. It's a great, oh, it's a great film tune. Uh, Harold Ramis wasn't meant to be in the film. Well, no, no. No, but uh, as he wrote it, he just realised that he'd be better at playing it. Yeah, even yeah, if he think about it, he doesn't do loads in it, though, does he? No. He hasn't got loads and loads of lines in it, has he? Here's something for you. John Candy quit the role of Lewis Tully because his ideas of the character were being rejected, according to Ivan Reitman on the DVD commentary. Oh. Candy's suggestions, uh, he wanted a character to have a German accent and have a pair of schnauzer dogs. 
No one felt the German accent was appropriate for the character, and since there was dog imagery in the movie, e.g. the terror dogs, yeah. they felt having Tullioni's dogs was just too much. John Candy quit early in production, but yeah. and Rick Moranich was cast at the last minute. So I wonder if there's any filmed stuff? I don't know. No, I don't think so. But isn't it weird, though, that John Candy does appear in the, uh, in the, the, the film, uh, the, sorry, the pop video? Yeah, yeah. That's video. a good point, actually. Along with Chevy Chase, Irene Cara, Melissa Goldberg, Ollie E. Brown, Jeffrey Tambor, George Went, Al Franken, Danny DeVito, Carly oh. Simon, Peter Falk, and Terry Gar. Oh, Peter Falk and Terry Gar. No idea why. Um, I tell you, when you just say that, though, when you're saying that, you think of that generation of comedians around then. Yeah. It was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they were Saturday Night Live and. Yeah, and just Tony. amazing, weren't it? Every one of them turned out to be. It's not like Saturday Night Live where they might do one every few years. Mm. Then it was like five of them were brilliant, weren't yeah, they? Yeah. And then the next year, there was even more people coming out of it. Here's some uh, <clears throat> thing you might quite like. When Alice the Librarian is queried as to whether anyone in her family had ever had a history of mental illness, she replies that she had an uncle who thought he was Saint Jerome. Yeah. Jerome is the patron saint of librarians. Oh, that's interesting. Goza is based on several things. There is Goza Chevrolet dealership in the upstate New York. Goza was also a name related to a documented haunting in England during which the name Goza appeared mysteriously throughout the house, written on walls and things. That's interesting. And things. You could have been a bit more things. The firehouse. Here's some information for the firehouse. Yeah, for those people Can you go out. there? Oh, the, yeah, the, the outside one. Loads of people go there, and apparently they're, they're, they're happy. You can't just go walking into the firehouse. Oh, so you can't go in and it's like No, because it's a working firehouse. Yeah. Uh, the firehouse used exactly two different firehouses that are in two different cities. The exterior scenes of the Ghostbusters headquarters were filmed at the Hook and Ladder Number 8 firehouse in the Tribeca section yeah, of New yeah, York yeah. City. Oh, that's pretty cool, though. The inside of the firehouse, uh, the, uh, 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 inside, sorry, inside that firehouse is the Ghostbusters sign, and the photographs taken of the cast and crew. The interior is at 225 East 5th Street in Los Angeles Firehouse Number 23. Bloody hell, Which runs parallel to Winston Street to the north. Yeah. Uh, the LA Firehouse is a uh, is pretty popular film, uh, for filmmakers. In fact, I think it was also in The Mask. That's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, here's your good lady. Yeah. Um, in 2010, actor William Atherton recalled to the AV Club that the shaving cream that was used for the melted marshmallow was still quite heavy. We had an 8th grade science test. I went under the bag and I asked, how much shaving cream is there? And they said, not that much. I said, well, how much is that? £75, but it's just shaving cream. E.g., £75 of lead or £75 of shaving cream. It's both the same thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He does get an awful lot, doesn't he? When yeah. you think about it, it gets like, you know, dropped on top of him. It's a good point, actually, yeah. That, that is a good point. Uh, the party scene where uh, Tully mingles with the party guests uh, is not only taken in one continuous shot, but it's also in, totally improvised, as I said earlier on. Uh, Christopher Walken, John Lithgow, Christopher Lloyd and Jeff Goldblum were all considered for the role of Egon Spengler. Chris, it's like Christopher Walken comes back right away, that kind of Oh, yeah. Yeah, Christopher Walken going. But I'll do Christopher Walken. He's like 16, in his late 60s now. What was I watching the other day that he added? Oh, that, have you seen that new um, program that's on BBC Two with uh, Bill Nye? The thing is, I didn't see the very first one, so no, I didn't know what I, I didn't think, know. I think it's available on iPad. Yeah, but he he he's brilliant. I, I started watching the second one. I was thinking, oh, no, I need to watch the first. Yeah, one. that was like me. I thought, you know, did he dance in it? He may well dance it. I know Bill Nye said that. Here's something uh, crazy. In 1982, producers Ivan Redman, Joe Medrick and Michael Seagrass were planning to make a film of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ah. Douglas Adams wrote three drafts uh, for them per his contract. And in this occasion, Medrick and Gross were considering Bill Murray or Dan Aykroyd to play Ford Prefect. 
But then Ackroyd sent them his idea of this movie and they decided to do that instead. Uh, Chevy Chase turned down the role of Peter Venkman and he claimed that the script using the movie wasn't the original script and the original script was very dark and even more scarier. I'll tell you what, you can imagine that because they're quite similar kind of actors, aren't they? Yeah. Their comedy is quite... Like I said, it's like I told you, the weird thing is, is you, you think back at all, Bill Murray's thing, you've got these, the, you know, the sarcastic king, and I can't think of that many films ever been sarcastic in, no. apart from Bloody Garfield. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Uh, Donna's apartment building actually does exist, and it's in number 55 Central Park West in New York City, but the building is only 20 stories high, so for the film they use matte paintings and a model to make things look bigger. Yeah, so I'll tell you what another thing saying that. Another thing that you, when you watch it again after it is, at the ending, you think it's a lot bigger than it actually is, isn't it? When you mm. give your eyes off it, no, no, it's quite over quite quick, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I thought that. It's like, like shh, is that it? Yeah. It's like, it's the in whole, your head. The whole you build it up in your yeah, head, yeah. like it's this massive ending, and it's quite a lacklustre ending, really, isn't it? Well, they cluster streams and boom, that's it. Yeah, then <laughs> that's it. it. Which I think that well, they, they try and make it up with the second one, I think. Yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton turned down the role of Pete Venkman and Egan Spengler. We did go on to make Beetlejuice. Yeah, but yeah, that's another film we're going to do. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is ice. I would, I would have, be happy for Beetlejuice too. As long as it's been talked about for ages, hasn't it? Because he said he wants to do it, but again, they've got to do it before he's. I, I want to see. I want to see Michael yeah. Keaton. I want to see Tim Burton in charge of it all. What about Jeffrey Jones? And we know our things about Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. He let himself down. Yeah. And again and again. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In rehearsal, Bill Murray teased Yugoslavian model Slavita Jovan, who played Goza, about her pronunciation of the line choose and perish, which sounded to him like Jews and berries. <laughs> <laughs> the term proton pack was never actually used until the middle of Ghostbusters 2. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know so, that, did they call it in the first one then? Pack, I think. Uh, according to Harold Amis, the name Egon Spengler is a uh, conglomeration of two people he went to high school with, a foreign exchange student called Egon, and Spengler comes from Oswald Spengler. This was also uh, CNN host Laddie King's film debut. Oh, that's right, because he's in it on the right. That's that great line with uh, Dan Aykroyd. He said, everyone wants to know, mm. how, how is Alvis? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, <laughs> oh, and when, when um, Tully's uh, uh, now the gatekeeper. Is it the key master or the gatekeeper? He's the key master, isn't yeah. he? Or is he the gatekeeper? You want to. But the way is, I'd like to have some samples. And when he comes out, he's like, can I have some samples of your brain? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, just going to be mine. He's so good. Yeah, he oh, he's so there. good. Uh, <laughs> your favourite, this is what you wanted your. This is somebody you aspired to be. Oh, this yeah. bloke. Ron Jeremy, who appears as an extra, seen behind the barricade on the left of the full widescreen image in Ray and Winston Drive of Minecto 1 after the containment unit explodes, played the librarian in the porn parody This Ain't Ghostbusters 3. There was a porn parody of... Made in 2011. What? They're not really striking all the irons hot there, are they? It's like like 20 years for satire. Uh, one scene shot for the film but later deleted shows Ray and Winston on a call and Ray ends up in a Canadian Mounties outfit. Production stills from this scene do appear in the publicised version of the film script. Ah. Here's another cameo for you. Debbie Gibson, 1980s yeah, yeah. pop star, uh, was an extra in a tavern on the Green Restaurant where Louis is chased by the, two key, uh, by the key master beast. Yeah. She's barely visible with the only top of her head showing but it is sitting at a table adorned with balloons. She's, in the, she's the patron with the pink ribbon in her hair 
while the terrified Louis screams, let me in from the, from the outside. Oh, there's a little, little bit of a nod to Blues Brothers in that scene where everyone just looks at them, looks at him and just carries on talking. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. The phone number shown in Ghostbusters and that Diana sees on television is 555-2368. The number 2368, familiar to Christian mystics and the theological numeralists, is the sum of 888 and 1480, which together denote Jesus Christ. Oh. In Greek gematria, a cogent system that assigns a specific number of value to each letter of the Greek alphabet, it could be said that this was a sign that the Ghostbusters were Dana's saviours. But yeah, that's giving him a bit depth. I, mean, I don't know who come with that. I don't even know if that was, you know, they did that. People are like, yeah, I'm going to say. Uh, my voice is going. Too much hindsight with a lot of stuff like this, there isn't is there? a little bit in there. Uh, Sandra Bernard was originally offered the role of Janine. Oh, I couldn't see that, could you? Oh, God, I can't stand Janine. Uh, no, no. And Gene Kasem's feature film debut. No, yeah, said there's loads of going on there. There is a lot, isn't See, there? They, you know, when it's been digging, we've been talking about this now, but it, I think if I, I'd rather see than a TV uh, than a film, a TV series, because I think that. if that come out now, they'd make a TV series of that. With what with new people? That's what I'd rather see. Mm. Because I think you could do a brilliant series of these, couldn't you? Mm. Yeah. There's so much life in Ghostbusters, I and I think so. that's why people always say it's just unfulfilled. Right? After forty-five minutes, though, wouldn't it? Fifty minutes kind of thing, Walking Dead it, style. Yeah, bit darker and a bit funny. The effects as well. I mean, you look at the effects of Walking Dead, and they again, would people buy it? We would not being the, the classic things. I'd like to see, say, a sixteen-year-old kid, fifteen, sixteen-year-old kid now watching it. What would they would think of Ghostbusters? If it mean as much, mm. probably wouldn't. Would they go? Well, it's all a bit cheap, doesn't it? I suppose it would be. I suppose it's a bit like people who watch old Doctor Who though, and they think, oh man, this looks a bit crap with the tin fall. And yeah, yeah. I think I just think, uh, you know, I think it's our generation that built it up to a lot bigger thing than it actually is. And I think that's the reason it's never been made. I don't think there's actually mm. been a massive market for it. I, I really want to get Ecto One. You know, I've got the, my one. I know you get all your cars. Yeah, yeah, I've only got the uh, only got three. Hello, how are you? It's it's the it's uh, it's Emma's here again. A regular a regular it's horse. My only ghost. Is your your only ghost? Is the pilot a ghost? Yeah. Are you, are you thinking of one Jeremy again? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. You're hoping for that. That moment, don't you? Yeah. 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 I'm not going to answer that. No. Because you'll get slapped. Yeah. No. I don't know. I think the thing is though is that I don't I don't think you know. I don't know. I think without the original actors, I don't think it's. I think I'd love to see a TV series, but I think you've really got to pull out. <clears throat> you know, where, 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 which side do you go by? Comedy? Would you go by horror? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. A comedy. It is a comedy, but it's it not scary. really horror, is it? No, no, it's spooky, isn't it? I I don't know this for a fact. This isn't the fact. It's other time. You know the bit where the ghost's in the cab? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that in Fright Night? That same ghost. That same. Zombie cab driver. I know what you mean because that was quite a common looking zombie round about yeah. that time. It could have well been because the lot of really low budget films. It could have well been. Mm. I've got creep show on there, Blu-ray. I'll have to have a look at that. What other John Landis film did uh, Dan Aykroyd appear, appear in very briefly? Mm, no. No. Twilight Zone the movie. Hey, do you want to see something really scary? Oh, I love the Twilight Zone. Yeah, but uh, I'm a little bit thinking about that because that guy, Vic Moreau, died on that film, didn't he? That's right. I saw footage of that the other day on YouTube. What? What are you looking at for? Is it horrible? Well, you, you see the helicopter come down. You see him grabbing the kids, and the one falls out of his arm, and he grabs them to pick him back up again. And as they come down, you see the, the, the helicopter just drops. It's down quite a common thing, isn't it? No, people don't. Well, it's not as rare as you know, think it isn't is. That, 
I'm sure that's in the film. Obviously, they can't. They must have redone it because you can't. I mean, that would be horrific. You can't just put someone's death on there, yeah, especially when they got decapitated. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I went in that. Sorry. Wait, wait, I, I just, it's suddenly just John Landis just got, come up because he owns anything. Mm-hmm. This was called Waffle This is called Waffle Island. <laughs> um, what are we doing next? Do we know? Are you saying it then? We're, we're doing, doing Star Trek. No, 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 I thought you were going to want to say it. We're doing Star Trek Voyager because we're what, saying Voyager. This is the very the misunderstood Star Trek. And we were talking about how much we like it, weren't we, the other week? And we watch them again at the moment, aren't we? I I, there's some serious points in yeah, there, I mean. And they are really good. But we won't go into why we think they're really good until we do that until podcast. We do. I thought I noticed yesterday there was a Neelix episode yeah. on But what I want is people who don't like it yep. to send in messages to the Waffle on why you don't like it. Yep. Because you hear loads of haters if you don't, you know, and there's yeah. loads of haters. Tell us and the I, reason why. You're really thinking, that's the reason you hate it. Mm. it anyway, yeah. there you go. Well, we'll talk about it more. So, uh, Jen's going to be up in a minute with all the details of how you get in, uh, can get in touch with us. A lot of people tend to, to leave us stuff on Facebook now, don't yeah. they? So, if you want to come on Facebook, then let us know. Um, that's our Ghostbusters uh, uh, episode. Obviously, stay tuned for the thrash metal, the thrash metal uh, version. Can you please text me that name again later I on? I will. Uh, and uh, we'll see you in probably a month's time, three weeks' time. It's going to be the beginning of May that the next episode goes out because that's the beginning of April. Yeah. April Fools as well. And uh, we can't think of anything funny to do on April Fools. Them days have gone. Been at work and we both still ill. Yeah, maybe the, maybe the, the six years ago or five years ago when we started. Oh, you should we always be yeah. doing tricks on people. I just can't be bothered anymore. Oh, you remember? I got you. Remember, mate. You are the only man ever to be got properly, not sarcastically, ironically, with a whoopee cushion twice on <laughs> the same night. <laughs> And it weren't ironic about you were. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Anyway, see you all next month. Take care. Bye. If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired and then royally torn apart or praised. If you stalk the internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook, then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. Have you ever wanted to share something with someone just because? Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about, well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce. And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, Well, you know what I mean. Hey, it's me, Al. Listen, I'm hijacking the Just Because podcast to start a new series all about the wonderful world of voice acting. Each episode, I'll have a professional voice actor on and ask them some serious, hard-hitting questions to get to the bottom of this in a world. You know, world. If you've ever wanted to know about the inner workings of this magical and mystical business, tune into Just Because Inside the VoiceOver Studio. Tune in at JustBecausePodcast.com and on iTunes. Do you experience bouts of geekdom? If so, Anomaly may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's convention reports, cosplay topics, and commentary on Star Wars, Doctor Who, Star Trek, and other sci-fi fantasy genres provided a feeling of fullness while promoting optimal geekiness. 
Anomaly is available over the counter at Stitcher and in the iTunes, Zune, and Blackberry stores. Learn more at anomalypodcast.com. That's A N O M A L Y podcast.com. Anomaly, your prescription for geek entertainment. Seeing him.